0: So this morning, I get the distinct privilege of kicking off this new series called uh, Women of the Bible, Volume 2. And uh, we did it about three years ago, actually, May of 2016. So if you were here back then, uh, trust us, we're, we're doing all new Women of the Bible, all right? So you won't get a repeat, all right? But there are some unifying factors as to why we're doing it again. It's an important topic, that we feel, and I'll share those with you here in a moment. But before I get too far into the message... Uh, I always like to say a real quick prayer uh, just to kind of calm me down and slow me down so I don't spew out a fire hose of information. So let's uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer here this morning. Dear God, we just come before you right now, and I just thank you for another day, another opportunity to share with my brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, I just ask right now that the power of your Holy Spirit would just speak to us, Lord, whatever the words are that you've laid upon my heart, may they be your words, not my words. Lord, whatever is true, Lord, just let them seal up in our hearts, and whatever is false, let them fall by the wayside. And most importantly, God, may your name be honored and glorified here today. And in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, so why are we going back to this series, Women of the Bible, Volume 2, all right? I got, we got three reasons why we're doing this, all right? So if you were here back then, maybe you remember these three, but the first one is, Women are awesome, right? Can I get an amen? Amen. All right, so women are awesome. Now, why do we say women are awesome, right? I don't think I need to point out the very fact that there wouldn't be a single one of us in here if it weren't for the role of women in this world, right? The fact that they get to carry life, what a miracle. Like, that's just that in and of itself blows my mind. But that's not the only reason why they're awesome, right? They're they're awesome because can you imagine, guys, a world filled full of dudes? Like, what? That would be terrible. That'd just be awful. What a boring, testosterone driven world that would be. That'd be, I don't even want that. So, but I think Adam had it the best. You know, Adam, the guy that kind of was the first man in the Bible, right? So we'll go back to his story and why he thought he was awesome. So imagine you're Adam, you've got everything in the world, everything is perfect. You walk in the literal presence of God. There's nothing missing. You get to name all the animals. You get to walk with the animals. You get to pet all the animals. You get to see the beauty of God's new creation. And then Adam sees woman. And what he say? He says, whoa, man, this is it. This is what's been missing. Woman had been missing. Man, that's why women are awesome. Adam knew it from the beginning. This world would be empty if it weren't for women. So that leads us to the second reason. So women are awesome, but the second reason is women give us a full picture of the character and beauty of God. The character and beauty of God. We've we got to go back to the creative story again and let us understand, and, and personally I believe it's not a story, but you can go anywhere you want with that, all right? But let's just go back to the story of the genesis of man, all right? And in that moment, God said, we use the, we use the uh, masculine pronouns for God, and the original language did too, but God is bigger than gender. It took male and female, created in his image to reflect the true glory of God. And it wasn't complete until the woman came along, right? So without studying women and how God used women through the scriptures, it's impossible for us to have a true picture of the glory of God. And so women give us the full picture and the character and the beauty of God. And so that's why we're going back and studying this all over again. And then, third reason why is because women often get overlooked in religious systems. We recognize that. All right? Women often get overlooked historically. I mean, all you got to do is study the history books uh, in religious systems. Archaeology points at, uh, that pic- paints that picture very well. Women were overlooked. Okay? Uh, women still get overlooked, especially in other cultures today. Uh, and then, even uh, in our culture today, the, the things that are. Looked at aren't necessarily always the things that need to be looked at, right? And so we don't we don't always have a true picture of what it is that God really wants to do in and through the, the being of the feminine side of life, right? So God is beyond all that gender, all right? We have He He represents femininity and masculinity. He's above it, but if we don't understand how He used it. We miss a huge part of who god really is and so we recognize that in order to do that the religious systems of the world have done a poor job of reflecting that picture and so we want to make sure we aren't part of that process and part of that problem so that's why we're doing this series uh, again three years later so i hope that you're able to learn from this and that's really what we want you to be able to understand is as we go through these new characters as we go through these new passages. We aren't telling you you need to be like these women, or or that we're hoping you go through life like these women. We want us to learn, what can we learn from these women that are in the Bible? What are the lessons that, whether you're male or female, what are the lessons that we can learn as we go out through those doors and put them into practice in our lives? That's the real goal of what we're trying to do through this series. And this first series that I, that I get to preach on, and I came back and I asked Matt, I'm like, hey, Matt, when am I preaching again? He goes, oh, I didn't tell you, uh, next week. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, what am I preaching on? Women of the Bible. I'm like, who am I preaching on? Lois and Eunice, yes. And I'd actually chosen Lois and Eunice when we did our uh, planning, because Lo- the story of Lois and Eunice is so near and dear to my heart. And, and you'll hear why in a moment, but uh, first service, my mom was able to join us here and it was totally, the way that it all worked out is fascinating to me. Um, and so uh, the, the story of Lois and Eunice is near and dear to my heart because of what I've been able to experience personally in my own life. And I hope that through today uh, and through today's message that you will be able to be encouraged by what is shared here today. And so, um, and and I think about Lois and Eunice, and it's it's for that single mom. And and I don't care how, I, I mean, I care how you got to be single, but I don't place any judgment on the reason. Is it divorced or widowed or separated or never married? It doesn't really matter to me in that fashion. I want this to be an encouragement because God can do an amazing work. And sometimes when you find yourself in that moment, The weight of the world and responsibilities of of raising children and doing that seems a little bit um, overwhelming. Not seems like it. It, it. I've sat across from many women. It seems overwhelming, not a little bit overwhelming. And so there's a great responsibility. And so I pray that today that this is a great encouragement if that's where you find yourself. But it's not just for ladies that find themselves in that situation. It's for all of us Because I guarantee you, if you don't find yourself in that situation, you know someone who's been in that situation, or lives in that situation, or maybe you become put in that situation. And so my personal story, uh, when I was 10 years old, my dad was diagnosed with cancer, and then uh, he struggled with cancer for about four years, and when I was 14, he died. Um, And so then my mom was thrust into single parenthood, um, not because of any choice she made, but because that's the way life happened. And so from 14 on uh, i have two sisters i have an older sister and a younger sister deborah and rebecca and uh my mom got to raise three very what some would call strong-willed children all right and if you know me all right um i'll say we got it from my dad all right so uh my dad was also a very godly man so i did have a godly heritage from my dad as well up until 14. but when my mom had to raise us as teenagers who are figuring out and sowing the oats, so to speak, during those formative years, um, I give my mom incredible credit because I just, Stacy and I were just able to launch our, our baby girl into adulthood and, and send her off. So we're now officially empty nesters. I started sabbatical with three kids and now I come back with empty nest. All right, so, but to imagine the trials of raising children On your own and raising teenagers on your own I don't wish that upon anybody I I can't imagine what that's like and so as a man I just encourage you ladies please be encouraged by today's message because God can do an amazing work in that moment Um, and I know that today uh, I'm standing here because of the work and the promises that I'm preaching on today were very apparent in my own mother and my own life in my own upbringing and so i know what i'm saying today works so hold on to the truths of this and apply them to your life today but it doesn't stop with me uh and it doesn't start with me i just get to be the lucky recipient of the truth of the word of god so this passage has brought me so much encouragement over the years and i hope today to be able to share with you why it can bring you the same encouragement this morning so without further ado let me show you and 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 share with you a little bit about the life of Lois and Eunice. And so, uh, where we're gonna pick up the stories in 2 Timothy 1, uh, verses four through five, and this is Paul talking to Timothy, all right? And so Paul, leader of the the New Testament church and all of the uh, Gentile church, and so he is speaking to Timothy, And uh, trying to remind him of something. And so as we pick up that story, we're going to be introduced to these two characters called Lois and Eunice. It's mom and grandma. all right. And it says, Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice. And I am persuaded now lives in you also. I'm reminded of these things. Where did it start? It started with mom and grandma. Now, we don't know all the story behind all of that, and, and, and I'm gonna take a little bit of liberty this morning to try and paint a picture that might have been, uh, and it's based on some scholarly work, and not my scholarly work, reading other scholars, and so I just uh, really believe what they've done and the work that they've done, and there's scriptural evidence to kind of point towards that. But I want us to understand that we don't have a ton to know about Lois and Eunice, but we do understand life. And so I want to paint this picture to be able to help us understand what was Paul really doing when he wrote 1 Timothy? And the only way we can really grasp the gravity of, of the book of Timothy, First and 2 Timothy, is we need to understand what was going on in, this, in the life of Lois and Eunice and Timothy in that moment. And and we can learn that by a little bit of deductive reasoning as we study what Paul is going to say. But in order to do that, we need to kind of go back to the book of Acts to pick up and find out a little bit more about who Lois and Eunice were. Right? So this is what the book of Acts says. Um, and if you don't know anything about the book of Acts, uh, it comes right after the Gospels. And, and we think that uh, Luke wrote it, one of the best historians ever in the history of the world. And so we believe that uh, in that process, or not we believe, as he wrote the book of Acts, it tells the history of the early church. And in the book of Acts, you see a lot of the characters that are mentioned throughout the rest of the New Testament. And so we pick up in Acts chapter 16, this character named T- Timothy. So Paul came to Derbe and to, then to Lystra, or Lustra, whichever way you wanna describe it, uh, where a disciple named Timothy lived, right? It's the same Timothy we're talking about, whose mother was Jewish and a believer, uh-oh, but whose father was a Greek. So here's that single. So so Lois and Eunice actually weren't even single. Eunice just happened to marry an unbelieving man. I mean, that doesn't ever happen today, I know, right? All right, you should have laughed at that a little bit. All right, but, So that happens, okay? So we have that. She, she already went outside of the bounds of what was typically traditional and accepted then. And it, it goes on, the believers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him. So they're talking well of, of Timothy. Paul wanted to take him along on a journey so he circumcised him because of the Jews who lived in that area for they all knew that his father was a Greek. All right, now I want to stop right there. All right, we gotta put ourselves into this passage and understand what's going on in Lois and Eunice's life. If you, if you just read these two verses, right? They're actually these four verses between Timothy and then Acts. We miss a lot of what's going on. Here's the Hollywood license I'm gonna take here. Eunice wasn't married to a Jew. She was married to a Greek, okay? As we understand what's happening in the Greek culture, all right. Dad would not have had his son circumcised. All right. What we understand from this passage is dad is most likely not a believer because he does, there's no mention of him offering any type of evidence of his thoughts or beliefs. It was all his grandma and grandma, grandma and mom. All right. So um, imagine this conversation. All right. Those of you that are single moms or single spiritual moms, moms that don't have uh, a, a husband who believes the same way as you, um, imagine you go home to to husband, and you go. Um, by the way, honey, um, our adult young adult uh, son, uh, preacher Paul is going to come over and circumcise him. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, no problem, honey. Can you imagine? Like, can you imagine how that conversation went down? Like, I don't know how that went down, but I gotta imagine there were some complexities to that, right? So at this point in time, and when we pick up the story, we've got to we got to think about what was. What was Timothy at the crux point of? Was he at a point where he had to choose to either follow Christ and God and the Jewish way, or was he at a crux point where he had to choose, was he going to follow Dad? See, according to the scriptures, everybody in the community knew who Dad was. We don't know who Dad was, but back when Paul wrote the book, everybody knew who Dad was. Was he famous? Was he part of the political network of the Greek politicians back then? Was he influential? Was he a powerful figure? Or was he the town drunk? We don't know. But I got to imagine that the conversation didn't go exactly how Eunice was hoping. It probably was filled with some complexities that you, if you find yourself in that situation, can un- understand. Now, I do need to give a little bit of an aside here as, as we go through these passages. Um, I don't want to, um, I, would, I don't want wives that are sitting here beside your husband and they just lead in a way that you wish they would lead differently this is not that situation this is talking about a true absence of spiritual leadership okay that's a whole different conversation so just make sure that you have that little bit of an aside in here but in this situation Eunice was facing a a a problem where she had to convince either her son or her husband this was a good choice Right? So when we get to the point of understanding what Paul is going to do in the book of Timothy and we understand the background of what's going on here a little bit more, we can have a greater appreciation for the for the verbiage and the terminology that Paul is using when he's writing a letter to Timothy. So according to the book of Acts, by this point in time in life, Timothy was old enough that everybody knew who he was and they thought well of him. OK, so he had he had a good reputation. In order to understand where his reputation came from, we have to know that it came from Lois and Eunice. And so no matter what you do with the, um, the, the Hollywood freedom I'm going to take here this morning, or just to try and paint a picture, to try and help us put ourselves in their shoes, uh, I want you to make sure that you never read the book of Timothy again, ever the same, without giving uh, a, a reflective value and a, and a nod to Lois and Eunice for the job they did with raising Timothy. And you'll see why here in a moment as we dig in. So we've got to ask ourselves, because it's not just about single moms or anything like that, now we get to the point, what can the rest of us learn from Lois and Eunice, all right? So that's what we're going to dive in here today to do, all right? So the first thing that we can learn from Lois and Eunice, because we see it in Timothy's life, is to live foundationally. Live foundationally. Now, what does that really look like, and how can we learn that from this passage? Well, if we turn back to 1 Timothy, or Second Timothy, excuse me, 2 Timothy 1, this is Paul now talking to Timothy. Now, we don't know what's going on in Timothy's life. Is he being persuaded to follow his dad into politics or some position of power or influence? We don't know. But, but there's something happening in Timothy's life to, to cause Paul to feel like he needs to take this moment to remind him of something. For this reason, I remind you, Timothy fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. He's like, I remind you, Timothy, fan into flame that which God has already done, that which God has already begun within you. Bring it to life. Go back to that foundation. Go back to what I know is in you. Look how he says it in 2 Timothy 3, okay? Just a couple chapters later, he says, but as for you, Timothy, continue in what you have learned. Go back to that foundation. We're in the middle of football season, right? Or the beginning of football season. Everybody knows when you're coaching, if there's a breakdown in the fundamentals, the team's gonna fall apart out there. Well, guess what happens in our lives? If there's a breakdown in the foundation, our spiritual lives are gonna fall apart. Paul is taking Timothy back to the foundation. Go back to what you've learned and what you've become convinced of because you know those from whom you've learned it. Mom, grandma, and even me, meaning Paul. So Paul is reminding Timothy of everything that's already in him and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Paul is taking Timothy back. Remember Timothy. I know life is tough, but go back to what I know is in you from infancy because I know mom and grandma instilled it in you. Mm, that's good. And all of those of you that maybe have kids, all right, you don't have to raise your hand on this one, but um, how many of you have ever looked at your kids and known that um, they just need a reminder sometimes of where they came from, right? (laughs) I mean, you ever look at your kids and be like, where did my little angel go? (laughs) What happened to you? (laughs) Can we go back 10, 15 years They need a reminder. Um, But let's face it, like, how many of us as adults, how many of us need a a fresh reminder of what we once used to believe about God? The truths about the Word of God that once were deeply instilled in our heart, and, and we've got to go back to that. We all need that reminder. And Timothy found himself in this moment that he needed that reminder to go back to the basics, go back to the foundation. Timothy, don't forget where you came from. So we've got to, we know that Lois and Eunice taught him that. So we can learn from them to live foundationally. Because sometimes life happens, and, I, and as we've already painted a picture with Lois and Eunice, life had happened. She was, Eunice was married to an unbeliever outside of the confines of her faith. Like That was a big deal back then. And yet she was able to make sure that she taught her son to live according to Christ. That was big. That was big. What else can we learn from from Lois and Eunice? To live in relationship. Now this one one kind of goes without saying. I don't need to use the scripture passages because um, the whole story is about this. Um, Lois and Eunice were well known in the whole community. They were probably church leaders at this point in time. Um, I know that it's popular in our culture today and if this is what you do, do, there's no judgment on you. I just want you to understand it goes against what church is about. Um, Many times in our culture, people like to slip in the back door and, and slip out the front door real quick just because they don't want to be known. We like to live incognito. Why? Because living in relationship, people know your business. You see, the difference in having a close church is the proximity of accountability right? When, when, you live, when you go to a church week in, week out, and you get plugged in, people know you. They know that your husband isn't even saved. They know that your husband is a Greek politician trying to take your son the other direction. They know, they know that you and grandma have been faithful to instill in the kids the values of the scriptures, they know how you've chosen to live in the community. You see, we don't like that in our culture today. So when we think about living relationally, Lois and Eunice did that. They, they plugged themselves into a local body. Think about it. Paul knew them personally. Paul couldn't, this whole story falls apart if Lois and Eunice didn't live in relationship with their church. This whole story falls apart if Lois and Eunice didn't live in relationship with Paul. They, they, they couldn't count upon Paul to speak into their kid's life. Paul didn't know him. He can't point back to their legacy if he had no relationship with them. So I don't need to beat that drum any longer, but we, we can learn from Lois and Eunice live relationally. Live in relationship to the church because that's the only way that this legacy of faith continues to carry on. Then we can learn from them to live courageously. Oh, man, I've sat across from the table from too many single moms to know that to live courageously is hard. Because when you're all alone and the bills are piling up, I remember when my mom had to pay the bills from all my dad's bills when he was from all the doctor's bills. And she was a single mom working, and we, I had to help her hold my sisters accountable to their phone bill back then when you actually paid a phone bill. Um, And he had long distance fees, so those living courageously in those moments when the world seems to be piling down on top of you—it's hard. But Lois and Eunice did it. Look at look at this passage right here, because remember, Paul is Paul is reminding Timothy of all these truths that Timothy knows from infancy. Look at what he says: "For the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid; He gives us courage." But he gives us power. He gives us love. He gives us self-discipline. That's what Lois and Eunice modeled for Timothy his whole life. Timothy, remember what your mom, your grandma modeled for you. And then I love what he says here. But he also brings himself into this. So don't be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Now this is the, where the Hollywood license comes in. It, this is one of the key passages why I believe that Timothy was at a crossroads of choosing something, right? Because if, if Greek father was important, Greek father would have been encouraging Timothy, come live the lavish lifestyle. Don't, don't bother following your mother's foolish religious ways. You do see where that's gonna get you, son, right? It's gonna land you over here in prison, uh, you do know preacher Paul, the guy that wants to, um, he's in jail right now. you going to follow that guy? You're an idiot. So imagine the tension. So now Paul's like, um, Timothy, don't be ashamed of this gospel. In fact, don't even be ashamed of me. I know you know I'm in prison right now. Don't be ashamed of me right now, buddy. Rather, join me. Uh, join me in prison. Man, it's good down here. So Timothy's at a crossroads Do I choose the lavish lifestyle that I know is at my fingertips because I'm Greek, or do I choose a life of suffering because if you know anything about the early church, it was not a pretty picture? And Paul knew he had to fan into flame the character that was at work within this young man. Man, that's powerful when you start digging into this and realizing, what is Paul really telling Timothy in this moment? And it all started, guys. And gals, you, my fellow brothers and sisters, it started because of Lois and Eunice living intentionally, investing all this into the life of Timothy. It takes courage to live like that. I can't imagine the courage that Eunice and Lois had to live in and and living in a Greek culture as new believers in this new faith, this new church, and overcoming incredible odds of culture they modeled this courage for Timothy. All Paul had to do is remind him. And then we have Paul's life, certainly. Um, Paul had plenty to point to how to live courageously. The next thing that we can learn from Lois and Eunice is to live a holy life. Live a holy life. Man, now in the Greek world, if you wanna go back and study anything about the lifestyles that were lived back there, um, it doesn't differ that much. We're, we're very much, our, our world that we live in today is very much predicated upon Roman and Greek life that has been passed down from generations and centuries. So our question is how do we live a holy life in the 21st century? It's the same challenge that Lois and Eunice and Timothy and all of them had back then, but look at where this comes from. It comes from, again, Lois and Eunice modeled it for him. And Paul is is reminding Timothy, he has saved us. Jesus has saved us. He's called us to a holy life, Timothy. Don't forget, not because of anything that we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. Timothy, it's not because of you. And we we don't have to be holy. We get to be holy. Why? Because of the work of Christ in our lives. And you've seen it modeled day in and day out in your mom and grandma's life. Keep going. This grace was given to us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death, who has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. What you heard from me, Again, going back to this foundational, everything is going back to the foundation, reminding Timothy. Timothy has got to be at some point where he's really questioning things. I know that we all get there. So again, what you've heard from me, keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Keep it. Keep it there, guys. Wow, what a message we can continue to live and learn from, from Lois and Eunice. They're investing intentionally and the life of this young man who went on and continued to be one of the leaders of the early church. But it doesn't start, stop there. I have one more thing that we can learn from Lois and Eunice as we read this passage. Live a guarded faith. Live that guarded faith. Guard the good deposit, Timothy, that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit that lives within us live a guarded faith live that there's a responsibility that lies within each one of us because paul knew imagine all all i can see in this moment is like a a grandpa talking to a grandson he's like buddy i get it you've got to do everything you can to guard yourself there are going to be so many distractions in life do i follow this way or do i follow that way You have to intentionally guard your faith. There's going to be so many distractions trying to take your faith away from you. Good-meaning, well-meaning people with incredibly sound arguments. The, The lies of wealth and fame are at your fingertips. But guard your faith. Imagine Paul sitting there with Timothy, pouring out his heart, challenging Timothy to Make sure he holds true to what he knows is true in his heart. That's the picture of what we get when we study Lois and Eunice in this moment. We have to guard our faith. And so those are the things that I challenge each one of us here this morning that we get to learn as well. And there's, there's so much more that we can learn from Lois and Eunice. If you go on and read the rest of First and 2 Timothy, make sure you just remember those, those verses, those chapters, this book, Timothy wouldn't exist if it weren't for the investment of what Lois and Eunice did in his life. And so every time you read those verses and you read those chapters, just go back and imagine what it would have been like as a single mom, spiritually, to raise a boy in that type of a culture and to change his whole perspective into following God. In a culture that was not godly or biblical at all, and yet Timothy chose that because of what had been invested in him by those two women called mom and grandma. Wow, that's powerful. Man, I hope that encourages you here this morning. I, I, I don't know what you're experiencing today, but I know with a crowd this size, I know, I know some of you, I know there are single moms in here. I know the struggles that some of you face, and I know the struggles that many single people face. I know the struggles that single parents face, whether male or female. I know the, the weight of the world can come upon them. I know how scary that it feels at times. I know, I know the challenges that you tell me that you face. I, I can't go there myself because I'm a man and I, don't, I can't experience it as a woman. But this is what I do know for the women in the room. Being a woman alone does not make you insignificant, inferior, helpless, or hopeless. Being a woman alone does not make you insignificant. Inferior, helpless, or hopeless. Why? Because you have the power of the Holy Spirit, the resurrected living God at work within you, just like he was at work in Lois and Eunice. It may be 2,000 years later. It may be a different culture, but I'm telling you what right now, God is with you. Now, I am beyond I am beyond personally blessed with the legacy that has been given to me. Right? Between my mom, between my grandma, I could, have, I could have used their names in this story. Between my aunt, now I have two godly sisters, I have a godly wife, I have godly, three godly girls who are children, now young women of God, I have godly in-laws, the legacy is all around me. Who am I that I got that? I have no idea, but I am eternally grateful for it because that was what was passed down, but it had to start with someone. It had to start somewhere. And I don't know where you're at. Maybe you're like me, and you're experiencing a legacy that we don't deserve. Or maybe you're the one that gets to start the legacy. So think about it like that. I can't imagine the hurdles that you may have to overcome. But I want to encourage you with this. No matter where you're at, as you walk out those doors, if you're not in that privileged spot, let the legacy begin with you. And no, it started with Lois and Eunice because Christ wasn't on the scene yet until them. So I guarantee you they were the first in their family. Maybe you're the first in your family to leave that heritage, to leave that legacy into the next generation. Because I know it can start with you let us pray dear god you are truly an amazing god you have given us so much hope throughout the word of god and throughout your scriptures throughout everything that you have taught us and lord i don't know where everybody's at in their walk here this morning but god i know that you are capable of encouraging us wherever we are i know that you are capable of of healing all the wounds that come with the different relationships and reasons why we may find ourselves in the spots that we find ourselves but god i do pray that wherever we are at in our walk here this morning that you would encourage us for those that need encouraged that you would correct those who need corrected that you would inspire those who need inspired lord that you would uh, God, that you would just build up and support those who need built up and supported. God, I just pray that today, as we walk out those doors, that our goal today is to bring glory and honor to your name. And God, that we, can, that we can go out with a renewed passion, knowing that you are who you say you are, and you are walking with us in whatever circumstances we may find ourselves in. God, just be with us today. God, I thank you for that. May we bring you all the glory, all the honor, And all the praise here this morning. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Amen.